nuggets. The salt nuggets are always behaving the same way. The difference here that we see activity really increased during this crisis. Hello and welcome to Corvinus Business Intelligence. Today's podcast is focused on the world of venture capital. We're just delighted to have as our guest on Corvinus Business Intelligence today for the third episode of our three-part podcast to have with us Danesh Sluha, Investment Director at High Ventures. Danesh, thank you again very much for being with us today. I would like to start uh, with a question related to the level of risk that High Ventures is willing to take vis-a-vis a pure private sector venture capital entity. In my work in the past, I've worked with entities such as the European Bank for Reconstruction Development, the International Finance Corporation, and uh, different enterprise funds, which are government funded in different countries, looking for private sector investment. And one of the questions I've always found interesting is that margin, that difference between a investment that high ventures might make versus an investment that a pure private sector venture capital entity might make. I assume there is a difference because if there wasn't a difference, then high ventures presumably or might leave that investment to the pure private sector venture capital entity. Uh, could you tell me a bit if I'm thinking about this correctly? Um, and if so, uh, what is that difference in, 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 in risk uh, that High Ventures is willing to take uh, versus a pure private sector venture capital entity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is definitely a dif- difference of risk taking, but it's I will not be able to, 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 to tell you a figure about the difference. I can rather just explain you the situation. So typically our mission and our risk-taking ability is that we come in at such an early phase where private players do not come to invest and we finance the company until private investors are ready to come in. Uh, I will not be able to tell you or quote you a number to to illustrate the the difference, but it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say, but but I can can just just tell you that we come at a phase where typically private investors do not even sniff around the company. And this is really interesting because we like pretty much started the first segment uh, with the differences of like... uh, private investments and like government funded. Uh, and you mentioned that Europe is like usually cannot, like not totally private um, investments, but US is obviously is. Can you see Europe or Hungary going towards the like pure private investments? Actually not for the next 20 or 30 years. I also worked in the past for the Hungarian American Enterprise Fund, as just Ted mentioned. Uh, but those funds were also, and those funds started right after the collapse of the communism of the, of the previous, previous regime, so basically 30 years ago. But even that time, uh, external state funds came to finance private transactions. And you know, 
30 year passed and still state funds are here to finance companies that uh, private investors do not want. And it's and 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 I think it's it's I don't think it's the it's exclusively valid for 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 Eastern Europe. You can see the same patterns in Western Europe. So I don't think that for the next 20 years uh, the, the the Silicon Valley come to to to, to Europe. So you maybe know, it's like the attitude of the investors. The attitude is changing slowly, slowly. You have to be patient. Patient changes will not happen. In, in, in entrepreneurial mind or investor's mind from one day to another, it takes decades to, to change the minds and the risk taking. Uh, I have to tell you that the largest investor in Germany is typically is similar to High Ventures. So that is owned by the German uh, state and they are the largest investors in VC, uh, in startups in Germany. There are others obviously, but they are by far larger than compared to others private players. I see. Uh, I'd like to move to a bit of a different topic. Um, so let's say you have a startup that you will fund, but someone like a private investor would like to be part uh, of that uh, funding that you invest in. Is it possible? Yeah, actually, it is possible, and we quite like that situation. Obviously, those that private investor will not invest in our fund, but will co-invest with us, along with us. Be it an, an angel investor, we have you know we have a network of, of angels who are who are ready to co-invest with us, or other VC investors, or incubators, or all kinds of players of the startup ecosystem. But we are really happy to share the risk. Sometimes we, we stay on our own to share the risk with ourselves. But, you know, we are, we are always happy to, to, to have others on the boat with us. Mm-hmm. So it's not like um, uh, more like a private equity in like management buyout or leverage buyout uh, area. Like you have a fund that you run for, I don't know, let's say 10 years and you raise money from outside investors uh, the traditional way so you don't have those kind of investments that you don't it's like an an investor doesn't only want to like invest in one company but would like to share your portfolio actually we manage funds closed end funds and we are fundraising new and newer uh, new funds Uh, but you know all all of the investors of our funds are either the state or the eu uh, eu funds uh, eu grants uh, coming to our funds so basically, private investors come along with us deal by deal, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is really interesting. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, you know, coming back to the German example, which mm-hmm. I, I just told you before, uh, uh, the high-tech Rinder funds, which I mentioned, the, the largest German uh, early stage investor, recently launched a new fund where only two-thirds of the money is coming from the state and one-third is coming for big industrial pay- players like Mercedes-Benz, I mean, big German uh, companies. I wouldn't say that in the next 10 years we will not launch a new fund, but, you know, we still need to build our track record with our funds before we can go to private investors, be it big industrial players or private individuals, uh, to 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 work on to work on a, on a fundraising with with private investors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
uh, other different topic, <laughs> uh, a topic that's been very popular since uh, 2020, which is coronavirus. Uh, so uh, we all know that our life changed, uh, but how did it affect High Venture and like uh, yourself and other directors there? Um, because you mentioned in, in, in previous sections that you want to know the management, but it's really difficult, like when you're looking through like a, a screen. So what are the main differences uh, other than that? Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, as you might have read already in the newspapers or, or heard in the uh, in other media, that the COVID really meant a challenge for some of the companies and really created opportunity for others. And it's true for our portfolio as well. Within 300 or 350 companies, you can imagine that there are some who bankrupt because of the, of the, of the COVID situation. The ones who are uh, who, who are in the area of tourism or or or, or uh, related industries, and obviously there are there are others who really gained or doubled or tripled their annual revenue due to the home office type of work for school for for workers for everybody. So I would say it's mixed. Some of our company really profited from it, and some has failed, really failed. Mm -hmm. And personally. Personally, you know, I'm still in the office. <laughs> uh, we are tested every second week. I mean, the management is in the... Yeah, that's something that, I, that I'm happy to share our experience. We, the management of High Ventures, are in the office because we just realized that Teams meeting or Zoom meetings are not as, a, not as effective as personal meetings when we need to find out something, when we need creative works. Our colleagues, uh, you know, can work remotely and they, and they really do work remotely, so they work from home. The silence, the convenience, what your home offer, offers really give you a good environment to have an efficient work when you write a material, when you analyze something. But when people need to come together and find out something new or create or find out new solutions, then our experience, it doesn't work on, 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 a, on a video conference not longer for an hour. So if you want to really be, if you really want to go to a brainstorming for a couple of hours, then for us at least, it really requested the personal presence. And that's why we are here in the office, the directors. Is, is, um, is, is High Ventures, are, are you structured in groups by industry? Um, sort of specialists in agribusiness and med tech, uh, and, or, or, or is it kind of looser than, than, than that? Um, be interesting to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, it, it's looser. Actually, our silos are split according to the lifetime of the startup. So we have the pre-seed directors, we have the seed director, and there is myself who is the scale-up or the Series A director within High Ventures. And within my team, actually, within those... 12 people I have within my team, there are industry specialists. And it's obvious, you know, whoever made already an agribusiness investment has definitely knowledge that can be utilized or leveraged, leveraged at the next agribusiness due diligence process. So within the teams, there are uh, experts based on the interest, based on the, on the past experiences. Uh, before you mentioned that, you know, some companies really benefited from the whole uh, COVID-19, um, did you take up like uh, or funded 
uh, new startups in this past year that maybe was funded just on the specialization of like creating solutions for COVID-19 uh, or took, uh, took up a new project or something like that? Obviously, we had our companies with uh, further financing them in these last 12 uh, challenging months. But besides that, we also made new investments. I think we are quite proud of that, that uh, right after the, uh, the lockdown, you know, 1st of March, I think, or something like that, we came up with a new product, which is dedicated to safeguard struggling companies on the market. So we came up with a product that is very, very fast in process. We just discussed previously that typically an investment process takes three to five, uh, three to six months or six to nine months. We came up with a product that we can invest. I mean, from the first contact, the time when the money hits the account of the company can take maximum 30, 35 business days. That required new processes from our side. That required new products with new, new rights, with new processes. And we are very proud that by April, we came up with this new, pro, uh, with this new let, let's call it product, with this new product. We started to advertise it on the market. And in the last year, I think we made at least 20 investments with this uh, life vest or call it whatever safeguard uh, investment. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that is so fast. Uh, c- congratulations. On yeah, yeah we, are, we are quite proud of it. Uh, you know, uh, and it's not, your first question was probably in the first discussion, whether we invest equity or, uh, or loan. Within, with this safeguarding product, we invest a limited equity. We just ask one percent within the company, and we pro- we provide the majority, ninety nine percent, with loan that the company can repay after they uh, come back uh, from the pandemic situation. If they are if they cannot pay back that loan, then we convert it to equity, and obviously we are there to further finance the companies. Uh, if if the pandemic uh, lasts longer, or if the effects are 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 even more serious than we see that we see today. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, this is gonna be maybe a bit of a uh, different question and maybe stranger. I don't know. Uh, so like we've seen that what the stock markets did um, in the last year, like the roller coaster that it went through, did it anyway affect you? your portfolio or are you that separated from the public market the stock market that it doesn't affect your business yeah uh, so let's say that as i mentioned i'm 53 so this is not the first crisis i experienced during my career crisis are crisis uh, do come every 10 year or so and this crisis is quite similar to the previous or the or the one before what is the what, what is the significant different difference compared to stock markets? The stock markets are always behaving the same way, whether it's a health crisis or whether it's if it's an oil crisis or a dot com uh, bubble burst. The difference here that we see activity really increased during this crisis. It's really the first time in history when we see investments. I would say probably not doubled, but significantly increased to the, compared to the previous year. What is strange from the, from the stock market, if I can say, 
is the last days. If you see, if you read the uh, GameStop uh, and and uh, I know, I know you were going to mention yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's something new for me. The crisis itself is not new, and the reaction of the stock market is not new for me. The new investors and the Robin Hoods on the market are new for me. I don't know. I really don't know how how we will react to that. I really don't know how the regulators will react to that. That's a mystery for me as well, honestly. It's <laughs> yes, let's see. But if we speak about VC, uh, that really that really increased VC activity. Private equity private equity investment really scaled down during the last 12 months, but not uh, VC investments. So the opportunities actually you gain from it, if we can say that. I think the, the reason why private equity uh, decreased why, and why VC has increased is VC is always, uh, private equity is always financing the past and the, and the present. Why we, why we VCs, we are financing the future. And the future, we are sure that the pandemic will go within, within 12 months or so. And we are financing, we are building the value of the next five years. And we have our hope. And that's why we are more optimistic compared to our pre-counterparties, uh, private equity counterparties, sorry. I think that's a really great concept that you are financing the future. That's basically, we can say, the definition of venture capital <laughs> in a nice way, right? <laughs> uh, but I actually, I, that should be uh, your tagline. I think that's great. High Ventures, financing the future. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. I don't know, Ted, do you have any other questions? Yeah, uh, maybe. We're, unfortunately, we're almost out of time, but I, I did actually it relates to the to the future. I, I do have one last question I, I would like to ask you, Danish, and that is uh, High Ventures itself. Um, where would you like to see High Ventures in five years? In terms, of how would you define success for High Ventures uh, in five years? Um, uh, what what would you see as as um, uh, the entity having met its its goals uh, five years down down the line. What sort of successes? What sort of situation? Okay, so definitely within five years, I want to see more exits. I really want to see, let's say, an exit for from you know out you know twenty twenty five percent of our portfolio. I would like to see exits, and definitely I would like to see us managing a private fund, a fund that I mentioned that includes not only state investors, but that can attract big local industrial investors, be it the Hungarian multinationals or, or the multinationals who are here. So basically private money. That's, that's, that, that, that would be really a mission that would be nice to complete. Those sound like great, uh, great, great goals. Um, unfortunately, we have run out of time, uh, very much unfortunately, uh, because I certainly learned a lot in this discussion. Um, and I appreciate, Danish, um, your, your thoughts and times. It's really been a wonderful discussion. And I want to thank my co-host for today, Anita Hamar. And most of all, I would like to thank you, Danish Sluha, Investment Director at High Ventures, for this outstanding discussion. So th this is Theodore Boone for the Corvinus Business Intelligence Podcast, a production of the Budapest Investment Club of Corvinus University in Budapest. We leave you today with these words spoken by Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest.